Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson. He's Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And he's Garrett Price. How's it going? It's going pretty swell because we're talking dynasty fantasy football in February. It's actually the offseason now. Yeah. 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 Officially. Officially, officially, right? Or officially the kickoff of the new year. It's the NFL offseason. Listen, we're talking rookies in two weeks because the combine starts. We're going to be bringing out rookies for three months. And then it's going to be summertime. And then the football season is going to start. And we're going to be just like we always do, playing corn and going, wow, that came fast. Yep. Yep. (laughs) We all just let that dangle for a second, didn't we? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. My wife's ears perked up real quick. She's like, that's my husband. So uh, we're back. Pregnant pause. (laughs) Go ahead. You're welcome. Um, So we're talking some dynasty. And what we're doing today is we're doing uh, a listener question again, the Q&As. Yes. But this is going to be really focused on startups because this is the time of startups, right? Right. right. So we asked the the Discord channel, the Dynasty Discord channel. Yeah, these are only Discord people. If you're in the Discord, you got to ask a question. If not, Always. sorry about you. So, and you'll have a chance to join the Discord here soon. Uh, so we're doing that. We want to focus on uh, the listener questions. And what you know, we were talking out, and what's great about the Discord channel and these listener questions when you do some of these shows here in offseason is you get such a diverse talking point mm-hmm. um, and questions you might not even think of for the show. So I wouldn't mind doing like Discord uh, listener shows like maybe like three, four times a year. I wouldn't disagree with that. I it, And... I think the Dynasty community, especially the nerd herd, these people that are like really plugged into Dynasty, the average player in Dynasty has become so much smarter over the past three, four, five years compared to what it once was. So, you know, it used to be if you were, you know, an analyst and you joined a league, you had a, a huge leg up. Sure. Now the average fan, they will. I mean, I've seen I've seen some guys that know their stuff. They're not officially analysts. They don't do shows or anything like that. But these guys are take their leagues very seriously and they know their stuff. So the nerd heard these questions are all really good questions that I think are really applicable to you know how to how to be successful in your startups. Yeah, it's like pre dynasty nerds rich. We'd sit there and study all year long to get ready for the draft. Yes, talk about how everybody else's picks suck. All the, as soon as they make them. Yeah. What a terrible pick that was. <laughs> Idiot. Yeah. What do you know? Well, I'm going to show you what I knew. I'm going to start a site. I'm going to call it Dynasty Nerds. I'm a nerd about Dynasty. Uh, so before we get these questions, I got to tell you about our friends over at myffpc.com. If you don't know what it is, well, now you're about to know. Ooh. So ffpc.com. It started off myffpc.com. Started off in 2010. And it's grown. And what they do is they have, they host leagues, right? So they have over a thousand active leagues going right now. Anywhere from a $77 league to a $2,500 dynasty league. And there's all different ways you can play on their best ball, super flex. Uh, they have their unique triflex, which is uh, their Rotoviz Superflex triflex, uh, courtesy of our friend Curtis Patrick. And they're going to give you all different options to play dynasty fans football. And my favorite thing about my FFPC is they've never had a league fold since yep. 2010. And, you know, I, I've said it every week and I'm going to continue to say it like that's, you just can't put a price tag on that, right? Just that 
the the continuity of a league to make sure it goes forever. It's why what's great about these nerd leagues we do, you know, like they've they don't fold, they go on forever, mm -hmm. um, because we have a large enough audience. Like if we need to fill a spot for us, it's easy. Hey, put a tweet out there. Someone joined the league. It's filled in thirty seconds. Right. So not everybody has that, or not even everybody has you know. Right now, right now, people want to join startups, right? Like, hey, I want to join a startup and they don't have enough people to join or they don't know enough people to join. Right. My FFPC is a good place to go. If you don't have, um, if you want to just join a league and, or just take over a league, that's what they have going on right now. And that's my favorite thing about my FFPC right now is they're orphans, right? Many of these orphans are in really good shape. And what's nice about it is you go to myffpc.com, look at all their orphans. They're gonna tell you what picks they have, their whole roster, everything. And you can buy some of these teams at a discounted rate, right? You can get a $2,500 team for maybe $1,800, a $1,500 team for $1,200, or maybe there's a team that's really good you pay a little bit more for. So I know Scott Fish had one of those uh, teams that went for like 10 times over the asking price. It was loaded. So, I mean, get on there, check it out. If you use the promo code NERDS, you're going to save $25 off any league on there that you do. So use that promo code NERDS to save you some money and, and check out one of those orphans. Sometimes that's just one of the funnest part about uh, Dynasty as well. You take over an orphan because you got those high draft picks, rebuild it, find the young youth that you want to capitalize on. And you know it is when you join a new league, you bring somebody else in, everybody starts throwing you trade offers left and right. Oh, so yeah. It's a real good time to get in there and like, Find a team and dismantle it to your liking and keep the core pieces and acquire more draft capital. So check them out, myffpc.com. Use that promo code NERDS. Uh, it's a great site. And again, safe to play. So let's get in some closer questions, shall we? Let's do, do it, man. It. Yep. All right. Uh, who wants to read the first question? I'll read it. Yep. I got it. You do that. All right. Dom FFL asks, the meta, which, I mean, that's a, that's a cool way to put it. The meta has been leaning into wide receivers and drafting running backs and rookie drafts later. But what do you do with tight ends in a startup? So we've talked at, about tight ends a few times, but I think, I think it would be good to talk about maybe even a couple of the specific tight ends. Like where would we value? Let's, let's not even say it's tight end premium. Okay. Let's just say it's a, a regular old league. Sure. Where would you value these top tight ends? The Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, Hawkinson, Goddard, you know, guys like that. Kelsey, obviously up there, but older. Uh, how do we value those guys as opposed to the wide receivers and the running backs? I value, obviously, if you listen to the show for a long time, I value them very high. I'm a tight end snob, right? Like, I'm a very firm believer in is you have to have one of the top tier tight ends to get the edge over your league mates because it's the one position where supply and demand is at the minimal. Like the, it's just, it's a small pool. Mm -hmm. So either you're, you're a have, which is you have a top four guy or you're not mm -hmm. right. So two thirds of your leagues are not for the most part. And there's some guys with some good upside. Like I think David and Joku could take a big step forward this year mm -hmm. and kind of enter the have uh situation. There's a lot of young guys that we love, like the Greg Dulcich's, Daniel Bellinger's. Um, Cole Komet, right. The yes, chicks, sir. you know, like right. all these guys that offer a good upside. And that's, and then when it comes to a startup, I love to attack that range, right? When everybody else is um, going left, I like to acquire as many of those upside tight ends, like the Bellinger, Dulcich, the chicks, chicks as possible. Because usually if I get like three to four of those guys and I try to get a lot of them, mm -hmm. um, one of those guys is for sure, usually ends up hitting yeah. uh, for the most part. So, but for a startup, I want to come away with, you know, Mark Andrews, like right now, if I did a startup, my top tier guys that I want are going to be TJ Hawkinson, 
Mark Andrews, and Dallas Goddard and Kyle Pitts. Right, those are on the four. Kelsey would be a good get, but he's a little old for me in a startup. It's um, tough. The value would have to be there. Yeah. But Goddard, somebody, I mean, he just showed us what we could do in the uh, Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Absolute stud, contested catch, uh, hard catch, contours body, go up there, great body control. Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts. TJ Hawkinson's a very solid athletic tight end. It really got a boost by going to Minnesota. A huge boost. That huge guy, boost. That he went from like really kind of struggle, struggling for consistency to, to, to just turning it on every single week. So yeah, yeah, he has, I think, jumped a tier or, or so here in the, the dynasty fantasy football rankings. And, Absolutely. And what's nice is with the depth at wide receiver right now, mm-hmm. um, and maybe not so much at running back, like you don't miss out that much. Definitely at the receiver because – I do want to grab a really young receiver and start up early, mm-hmm. but I'm more, I'm honestly more focused on, I want to grab a young running back. Like I want one good running back, right? Just one. And that's it. Like, I just mm-hmm. want to grab one and figure the rest out later. You can find youth. But like, I am dead set on every start I've ever did is I have to get one of those tight ends. I have to get. So one. let me ask you this. Um, where do you, where do you typically do it? Are you, af- are you afraid to be the first person to start that run? Nope. Absolutely I'm not, not either. I'm not at all. And, and sometimes it's, Second round, sometimes it's third round. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Depending on on where, format and setting, yeah, format setting. Depending on kind of what you're looking at. Um, you know, I know you know one tight end league. I'm probably not going to do the second round, obviously, but third, fourth round. If it's if it feels right, I go for it. You know what I mean? And, and, and Pitts and Andrews, you're probably going to have to take them in that range right. if you want to get them. And the Pitts is a tough one. We'll talk about him in a little bit more in the the nerd herd episode. But the the possibility of what Kyle Pitts could be, could be a perennial league winner for the next decade. Right. But we just haven't seen it all come together yet. So that's the hardest part about guys like Pitts versus guys like Mark Andrews, where you've seen it, you know, you've already seen that, that come, uh, come together for him. So that's, that's always, and, and where you take those guys and which guys you take will also determine a little bit more if you're on your startup, if you're going more for, uh, I'm trying to contend right now, you know, if you draft Travis Kelsey in the fourth, better be able to contend right now, right. you know? So, so these, these tight ends are real good indicators too, of what am I doing with this team? And there's some questions in here on this episode too, of kind of trying to decide where you're going with your team. Are you more of a win now? Are you productive struggle? Are you, you know, a little bit of everything, but those, those tight ends can be good indicators. Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, Kyle Pitts, he falls number one on Rich's America's most dynasty wanted list, right? Like he's the head of the mafiosa dynasty family. So like, he's my number one target and I wouldn't be afraid to take Kyle Pitts. It all, again, it all depends how the board falls to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to take a running back too high, but if the right running backs there. I'm going to take him. Right. Like I, I'm a firm believer in grabbing value in startups. That's what I love to grab. Like I'm going to try to find the, this player, that position. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. care about that. I'm looking for value in startups. So for me, Kyle Pitts is right at the back end of the second, uh, top of the third round in a non-super flex tight end premium, uh, probably in the back end of the second in a tight end premium league. And once that, once that, once one person took Kyle Pitts, it's like, okay, it's on right. right, Like right away. Like I'm not missing that, that, that run. Right. And if somehow it did end up that way, I'll force the issue to make sure I get what's good now is like, you can get Dallas Goddard, like a without, couple rounds later. Yeah. Without missing that run. And I would yep. just make sure I overdraft a Dallas Goddard at that point, if I had to. Um, so for me, those guys that we mentioned, like that, those are my must have. So you would be willing. Cause I, cause that is another, you know, big point in these startups. Certain people are willing to, to make exceptions to their board for certain players or certain positions. Yeah. Would you be willing to do that at tight end where you would maybe overdraft 
where it might not feel like a value anymore. In, in, hold on, in one QB league, I think the tight end might be the only one that I'm like willing to just jump completely, uh, you know, around or something crazy. You know what I mean? Like right. uh, uh, create something crazy, some kind of crazy jump in order to get that position because they are such a differentiator. And there's like Rich said to his point earlier about the supply and demand, there's just such a small supply and, a, and everyone, I mean, everyone needs one. Right. Not everyone's going to get one. You know yeah, what I mean? Forget that BS about like, oh, what an overdraft. Okay. Do you want to miss completely? Like I'd rather, right. I'd rather draft a full round earlier, which is what? 18 spots, 12 spots ahead of where I would like, I should, I should have taken them. Right. right. Like should, two says dinosaurs ranking says DLF ranking says who like, this is my team. This isn't right. nerds. Team. This is my team. Right. And I'm, I want to make sure I get my guy. Right. Like, okay. So instead I don't get T Higgins and I get, um, Devonte Smith. Yeah, I'd rather Devonte Smith, anyways. To be honest, with you. so <laughs> well, um, but I th- but I think you're making a, a good point on your values versus ADP. Right. Yeah, you know, can be very different. Would you still be willing to go around above where your value of the tight end is? Yeah, to make sure I got my guy. Okay. Again, but it depends else who's there, right? Like, see, that's that's where I won't be. Like, I would be willing to do it on ADPs. But I don't know if I could go like a round higher on my value what, for what, the earlier guys. What if you? What if? What if? What if you had three guys at the tight end position? Okay, two of them have gone. Your next guy, you're like about a round away from, from really going, but you're up, and you're at the you're at an end. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and, and I, I hate it. being the last guy to take a player in a tier. Um, but you can't think of it. No, I'm, I'm not saying this was a tear break. All right. I'm saying this was you. These are your three guys. Oh. Like these are your three guys Two of them. But, but I would have to take one of them. There's the no guy, way. The only guy I could take is about a round ahead of where so I'm comfortable with. Right. Say, say you don't, you, you went in this draft. Like I'm probably going to grab my tight end round four or five. And then all of a sudden the back end of the second, it goes Kyle Pitts. And the other person takes Mark Andrews. Boom, boom. And you come up and you're at like three, five, right? Okay. And there's a chance now because those two first two went the back end of the draft. They have they have two picks. They no. take a tight end before you. Would you be willing to risk not getting that good tight end? I, I understand why you guys would. I probably would not. I'm a big uh, stick to my board guy. Okay. Um, and thinking that I would be able to trade whatever player I got there later to to uh-huh. to get myself a tight end or something like that if I needed to, assuming they perform to the level that I expect them to perform at. And then I would probably load up on the Bellingers and the, the Dulcich's and, and those guys and try to get one of those to I, hit. I, I, I've said this before. I, I always feel like I can get wide receivers, maybe not this year, but I can get a wide you, you receiver. Can. You, you know can. what I mean? Like you I can get Mark Cooper in like six. I, I can fill the, I can fill other voids in places through the, either through the draft or, 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 you know, later on in your startup draft, mm-hmm. Um, but the tight end is very tricky and it takes a long time to develop most of the time. So it, mm. it is one of those things where that is the exception for me. That's, that's where I feel like and I can I'll, I'll reach for this, this guy over here and I'll, I'll figure out the other stuff and fill in the blanks. If I, if I kind of overextended myself with one pick. And I say that by like, they went, so the one example I said where it went Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, like I'm not taking Dallas Goddard in the third, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I probably wouldn't take George Kittle because at the same time, like I would be willing to let it go behind me after that point because mm-hmm. I know then I'll get George Kittle. I know I'll get Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson um, coming back, or TJ Hawkinson come back. I, I know I most likely get one of those three, and if not, then I know I'm going to settle for my next guy, which would probably be like David and Joker, right? Like somewhere yeah, because yeah, in my mind, if if guys are if tight ends being overdrafted, 
then that means I'm getting value somewhere else. Uh You know, maybe it didn't stick to my original plan, but I really try to stay very fluid in the draft process as much as I can. That's why I usually try to start and set that tone by taking a Kyle Pitts or a Mark Andrews. And usually I haven't been in many drafts where that's happened, where it's gone like, Oh, Kyle Pitts and a Mark Andrews. And I'm like, Oh, what do I do? Right. Cause I, I have been in that situation before and I just kind of waited then I don't, I have, I have waited on it, but for the most part, once that, once that third round comes in my eyes, like that back end and the second depends who there, that third round, like I'm eyeing tight end right there. That's usually my sweet spot for the position. And even in super flex tight end premium leagues where I like to go quarterback, quarterback, I have no problem uh, taking my tight end right there at the third as well. Like the Mark yeah. Andrews, if Kyle Pitts is somehow there, that'd be, that'd be a home run. I haven't done many startups where Kyle Pitts is a rookie uh, or a player in those. So for me though, like it's super flex tight end premium, right? Like if I'm in a league where it's super flex tight end premium, I have no problem. My first three picks being two quarterbacks tight end, right? Like right. literally what the league totally. is called after. Yeah, like I absolutely. want those primo positions. So mm-hmm. like, you know, if you're playing Scott fishbowl where you get, extra points for first downs and you got a running back or carries, you're like, okay, now that's an extra special point for that position. Right. Now I'm a little bit more focused on that position. So like, it's important to know your league rules and structure because sure. without doing that, that's an easy chance to get yourself a hole right out the gate. Right. So if you're right. doing a startup, let's start there is you want to stop, you want to read over the league rules and check everything. Like, is there a league mediums in it? Like what is, what does everything entail? Every Super flex league. leagues are, are one of the ones that you really got to check because we automatically talk about how valuable quarterback is in super flex leagues. Well, is the quarterback scoring six points per touchdown or is it four points per touchdown? Is it, a point for every 25 yards a point for every 20, 20 yards. yards. It is you know, like difference. those types of things. Is there any penalty for sacks in completion? Like the uh, specifically the quarterback position is the one that gets the messed with the most. So you really want to check because that can change your values of the quarterbacks quite a bit. And, and so like, I also like to focus on in my startups when it comes to end is like this year, for example, it's a really solid rookie class tight ends. Mm-hmm. I love to go on like when you get to round like 14, 15, right around there, that's where I start. I'm like Pac-Man, right? You just take one every I'm just round. Gobble, 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 gobble. I'm, I'm swooping all like that's where I get I get Michael Meyer, Dalton Kincaid, and Luke Musgrave. Like I'm that guy. You mm-hmm. saw me do it recently in our startup for the Ohio Dynasty that we started yep. last year. I came away Greg Dulcich, Daniel Bellinger, uh I got I got like four of the rookie tight ends. Dulcich looks great. Bellinger helped. I ended up starting Dulcich the whole year. I won the league. Yeah. As my number two tight end. That's on top of already the good tight ends already have. Cause I went by the same structure. I got my good tight end. So right. like, I think there's just really good value at tight end to find because most people grab their starter tight end and then they, they forget about it. Yeah. And because they they're so hungry. Position. Like, cause then all of a sudden like that's your Matt said earlier, like there's really good value at receiver. A lot of times like, Oh, I can't believe this player is there or that, that running back or like another quarterback in super flex. And it's so easy to pass by these tight ends because once you get past these top five, they're all the same guy anyways, mm-hmm. where I look at it completely differently. Like I'm looking at like, I'm not at the guys that are like, okay, the same guy as, you know, I'm not looking at Dawson Knox, right? Like, or, um, Gerald ever. Like I'm looking at the, that's where I started to focus on the upside guys. Like if I can get, come away with Kyle Pitts, then even get, I'll draft David and Joku in like the seventh, right? So I have two mm-hmm. tight ends where it's like, oh, wow, he's kind of low up in tight end. I, then I'll still hit when I get to like around 13, 14, 15. I'm grabbing all those young guys to put them on my roster. If you've ever seen my any of my dynasty rosters, there, I usually have about 
six tight ends rostered yeah. Yeah, me too. and about three or four more on my taxi squad. I'm just constantly doing it. You know what I mean? And my startup strategy is very similar too. I'll start back end. Like you said, just start loading up on, on high upside guys. Cause you never know who the next guy to kind of emerge and be the guy, the next Logan Thomas, Darren Waller, right. whether it's a short term guy or, yeah. or just like out of the blue, he Robert all of a sudden, Tunyon. right, exactly. So yeah. or Greg Dulcich himself, who's a rookie this year. showed promise. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys, mm-hmm. In a tight end premium league or any one quarter rec league again, because the quarter the tight end is so thin and it's such a it's such a shallow pool is even if it's not a one for one trade, those are the those are the kind of throw ins that you throw in that really get a deal done, right? Like, yep. man, I really want to get that first, but like it's like a borderline trade doesn't really want to get it first, but then all of a sudden you throw into like a Greg Dulcich and you're like, Oh yeah, I want that. Like right. there's a lot of there's a lot of deals that I get done because of the depth I have at tight end. And I throw those players in, right? I, I remember a couple of years ago, there was a deal where I was trying to get done and I, ended up, you know, I wanted to get get rid of Sa- Saquon at the time and I want to get Debo and I want to get J.K. Dobbins and multiple firsts. And he kept denying the trade and he really wanted Pat Fryermuth. And, and, and finally, Pat Fryermuth had like his big game his rookie year and he accepted the trade after I sent it for like the third time. And Fryermuth was the key to getting that trade done. Yep. So a lot of people, that's the thing. It, it comes down to the have and have nots and the have nots will always want to be halves. Right. So the more, the better you can put yourself in position to be a have on the tight end position, it just opens the door, not just on how much talent you have, but it opens the door on how many trades you can make and structure the way your trades look because having that tight end to throw in always gets deals done. Having Joku last year got me Tyree kill on the Dalvin cook trade, right? right? Like he didn't want to make that trade trade up. But once I offered him like David and Joku who just signed an extension it immediately got the deal done. It, it It's funny how the tight ends, when you start adding those onto the trades, turn maybes into snap accepts and that owner feels really good about it. And for the most part, honestly, when you make those trades, those guys are, there's no difference between getting David and Joku who's averaging 10.1 points or getting Gerald Everett who's averaging 9.3 points, right? Like it's not going <clears> to <throat> week to week. It's not going to make a big difference, nope. right? but people are still craving that upside, right? The next Dallas Goddard and they're just hard to come by. And we've been waiting now for as long as I've owned Dynasty Nerds and been doing this podcast, which is nine years, we've been waiting for somebody for that list to get wider, but it's always stuck at four, right around there. Like four to five, like not even five. Really. Like, I was going to say, sometimes it's three. It, yep. it really is. It's it's it, it, it's not a big list, and it doesn't seem to be growing. Every once in a while, a new guy will kind of emerge, and but then another guy will fade away. Darren yeah. Waller kind of disappeared, you know what I mean? Right. This year was six down with we're all equals. They're all from 152 down to 135, which is five to 14. And then it was uh, Evan Ingram. It was at 176. So 24 more points than Tyler Higby, mm-hmm. who was at five. And Evan Ingram was a difference maker. And then you go to 190, 200 points, 215 towards Travis Kelsey is the Mecca of all Stand Meccas. Alive. He's 316. But that difference per game, that 12.7, that 13.4 over everybody else's nine and eight, there's three points of di- game difference are difference makers. Mm-hmm. They really are in, over your league mates. And that's how you win games that you could have lost. Because we all see it all the time. Like, oh, I lost my one point, mm-hmm. point three points. Oh, two more points. The tight end is, are the difference makers. There you go. All right. Uh, am I asking all of them? Or are we, the, we mixing I can ask it up? Alice this question. Okay. All right, go ahead. I talked way too much, and as it always is. Matt, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. El Peludo asks... 
What's the yeah? Paludo, paludo. Isn't the e said as an a? I'm not bilingual, man. I can't. I can't translate. I can't. It's barely unilingual. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Um, right. Yeah, I can barely speak English. Anyway, what's the best way to value rookie (laughs) picks in startups? I.e., they are drafted through kickers. Should roster construction matter more, or is it usually the best strategy to go by value and take pick over player wherever appropriate? So I wanted to ask this question because I wasn't 100% sure. <laughs> and you didn't want to answer it. And I didn't want to answer it. So I want to hear I, some of your guys' answers uh, on this. I, I've done this quite a few times where where we'll do startups where the rookie picks are just placeholders. Yep. You know, kickers or random players like, oh, Donald Driver, I just drafted him. Like, you, you just... Now I get what... I Okay, I didn't, under, I didn't understand the yeah. question, so I wanted so to... So one, 1-1 one would be like Tom Brady. Gotcha. So you yeah. draft Tom Brady and you just run the notes 1-1. One, one. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So um, so he's basically asking what's their value. Um, and the this can be really hard. I actually get this question from people a lot. Like, okay, I just drafted the 106. What does that mean? <laughs> like, like, what do I do with that? And for me, the best way that I go about it is I like to have kind of my, before I go into a draft like this, yeah. I want to have my at least first three rounds of my big board set. Now, it's going to change as soon as there's landing spots, but I want to know roughly like, okay, on my big board in a super flex league, the one six, that's roughly Quentin Johnston. Mm. Okay. Would I rather have Quentin Johnston or would I rather have TJ? Exactly. And so that's how I kind of make my determining, like that's how I determine where that is, you know, and that's not too hard to do with like the earlier picks, but it's a lot tougher when it's two nine. Yeah. And you're like, it is difficult. Oh, I mean, what do I do with two nine? And and so then I go to my big board. Okay, for me, that's roughly this player. Would I rather have him or would I rather have the guy in the board? I, I think I, I think that's a good strategy. I think it, me personally, I would probably have to have a three way um, system going. <sighs> <laughs> the giggles. <laughs> the, the I tried grins. to I tried to hold it in. I know. As soon as I it was one of those <laughs> I wanted to reel it in as soon as I said it things. Um but I would I, w- I would want to have, you know, the obviously the board that you were drafting off of, mm-hmm. then I'd want to have my rookie rankings, then I'd want to have ADP. Mm-hmm. Cuz you know what I mean, those things can be different and I sure. kind of want to balance all three of those. I'd look at the hey, the the one two here says, you know, on my board, I could draft this guy. The consensus is this other person. Mm-hmm. Would I rather have one of the either one of these two guys before this person? You know, what I mean, that's kind of right. I would do it, and that's how my brain works. So that's that, that's how I would think of that question and, sure. and try to answer it. I've done drafts like this. I can go either way on them. It doesn't matter. Like I'll put it to a vote in my new nerd startup. They want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do enjoy rookie drafts by themselves. So it's kind of yeah. like you know I do like that aspect of it, or just wait till the rookies are in the draft and draft them that way. Um, what I find usually what happens when you do this, I feel like the first round picks are overdrafted mm-hmm. and I feel like there's really good value in the second Later. round. Pick. Yep. So like, you know, the first round picks go real early. Like Bijan goes like, they always go too high in my opinion. Sure. Like, like same thing. Like he's going to go one Oh seven. You took one six over DJ Moore. Like, what are you doing? Like if somebody offered you that trade, not in your regular league, like nobody's doing that. Like, but, hey, I'll give you my first round pick one six for DJ Moore. You're like, well, ah, I don't know about that. Well, Matt would do Matt, it. Matt, Matt. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But but there ends up being like the, the second and third round. Same thing. I'm a big tight end rookie drafter, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I'll swoop up all those third round picks, right? right? And 
And usually that's always a run. Like once one person takes a first oh, round like, pick, oh yeah, I need to take those. Picks. They all go, and then somebody yeah. takes a second, then two, two. Like you, it's usually you'll see those like run that way. Yeah. Um, but I always find value elsewhere because I always I always believe in taking like a sure thing over like a gamble. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and, and where what who that really benefits is it's the people that know their stuff. So if your yeah. league is open to it, and you're somebody that has done their homework, you have a huge benefit over everybody else in your league because you actually know who's the who you're thinking, who, is. who's yeah who's yeah. good and like who's going to be a value at that spot and all right that so, that's, so there's that's a risk why there's because just because you have that guy at one six somebody else might have him at one three and sometimes you target that player like oh i can get that i can get well, um i get zach charbonnet at one eight and that's why that's why i want to that's why I wanted the the all of them the three way board yeah. <laughs> that had the ADP yes. as well involved in that be, because just because you think a guy's valued somewhere doesn't mean that the consensus or anyone else is because really some people do their startup draft that way of like okay I'm not going to take a running back but I, I got one six and one seven so I'm going to take two rookie running backs and now your whole thing is just Strategies based on those two somewhere. those two rookie running backs. And there's a chance you don't get the rookie running backs you even that wanted you in that draft because that, sometimes those rookie drafts are different than you regular see a draft because now they're drafting these rookies off what they did their startup. Right. That's like, like, that's a really good point, Rich. Do you guys look at them like that? Like if you get a debt, like a pick, you don't look at that as a position, right? I look at them as a range. Here's right. three or four guys that yeah. should but, be here in this range. But I bet you that there's people that do think like that. 100%, and, and I think that's I'm walking away with tank Bigsby. And you know, yeah, I think that's super dangerous. Like super I, dangerous. I, if I was, if I'm picking rookie draft picks in a startup draft, that's a blank spot on my, on my page. That's not, I haven't filled a spot yet. Yeah. I'm not, you know what I mean? Not that's, a roster position, not anything. No, you can't, you can't well, think of it that and, way. And the other tough a, you part, you get a big, a lot of trouble like that. The other tough part is, and, and once again, that's why I said it benefits people that are prepared, but, even even when you're prepared, we did. We, I, I was a part of a draft like this last year, and it was a guy that I really respect, smart guy. But if we remember correctly, everyone was in on Malik Willis. This guy took in a startup. I was never in on Malik Willis. <laughs> no, Malik Willis was taken in the second round of a startup. Oh, wow! That's gonna set you back. It was a super flex. Or? It was a super flex, okay. but. But I That's mean, it's going to set you back. You're normally taking, you I mean, he taking, names, will you? no, I'm not going to name names. I'll, I'll tell you off the air. Do we go to the K? No. Okay. No. Uh, but I think of the guy who loved Malik Willis was, cause I, it rings a bell. Okay. I can't remember. Yeah. But, but you know, so that can, but vice versa, you can get some huge gains on that. If it's somebody that, you know, everybody's thinking is going to go in the fourth and they go in the second, you can get some huge gains on some of those things. So, it can go both ways, but there, there's a lot of risk involved. And, and honestly, it can go the same way when the like when the rookies are just in a startup, right? Like sure. I made that mistake. Like I loved Corey Davis coming out, absolutely uh, okay. loved him. In my high stakes startup league, I took him in the second round, oh. set my whole team back. Yeah, that second round pick, set my whole team back. Yeah. You, and, I, and I told myself, and that's that's a lesson I learned. That's about like five, six years ago, or whatever. Um, five years ago, and I was like. And even after I was done, I was like, man, that was a mistake. Like, I, I got to learn from that mistake. Like, yeah. you know, I, I took the high upside that I believed in mm-hmm. over proving commodities for that. And like, this that is early, thing. it's hard. Especially so, early. Yeah. Yep. You, you can't miss yeah. with your first three picks. And the problem is, if he hits, he's as good as all those available guys that are proven. Right. But if he misses, your whole team set back. Okay. Like, you are set back. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. Like, oh, one pick shouldn't set you back. A top three, when you're top three picks, those have got to be good players. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, 
I was uh, intoxicated during the <laughs> dinosaur. Garrett, we do a dinosaur's invitation. He's never recovered. All big name people in the league, right? This is the first time I'm drafting. Like it's Connor Rogers, it's Kyle Yates, it's uh, Evan Silva. Evan Silva's yeah. and it's like it's all big names. Garrett does a startup. I'm having an uh, all day party at my house. I, I was there for that. I'm annihilated. Yeah. I'm annihilated. His team has never recovered. Superflex. I'm still. Rec- I still have not recovered. No. This is like year four. We're going into. Yeah, that right, was a come, while ago. I remember that. Right after Michael I think that's Thomas's the same number big year. of year, uh, wins he has. Oh, yeah. years. <laughs> right after Michael Thomas's big year, we had all the catches. He never played a game since. Sure. I went Michael Thomas. There's a super flex league. Michael Thomas, Baker, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, and that. And I'm I'm sitting here. I'm on the phone with Garrett. I'm I think like, Baker was in the, or the Odell was in the fourth or somebody else. You got no. It was like the third because I'm like all, I'm like Garrett. I'm too messed up to make your pick here. What should I do? He's like, well, you got Baker. Odell be a really good pick, right? <laughs> All right, let's give me that thing. And like first, so my first five picks pretty much were all bad. Still, I'm four years in and I know, still building. Listen, myself I know out. this is not part of the questions, but don't drunk draft. That's true. Don't drunk. Draft. It's a, it's, it's a golden rule. When I see people drinking at a draft, I'm like, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Want to yeah. make a trade? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dad, dad, tip that bottle. That old ma- the old stick figure emoji on our Twitter. It said, don't drink and draft. And they said, let's stick figure two beers. I'm like, God, I should have lived by, I should have lived by that rule. Don't drink and draft. Oh, All right. Next question. Ready? Yep. When deciding to go win now, balanced or productive struggle, do you take a safe young player with your first two picks and see where it goes from there? When do you make the jump one of the three ways? I mean, I usually start. I'm usually going to start in like a, like you said, I'm going to be safe. I'm going to get some, I'm going to get some youth. I'm going to get somebody that I is proven already at, at like mostly the wide receiver position. If it's a one QB league. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, round three or four, you're going to start to figure out what, what value slid to me. Is it mm-hmm. somebody I can't pass up at the tight end position? What if, what if in the fourth round, like you had mentioned, you get Travis Kelsey, all of a sudden, some other guys are going to start falling to you that you normally wouldn't want to go after mm-hmm. a Devonte Adams mm-hmm. earlier than you would normally take him in Dalvin a, cook, Dalvin cook, and, all these yeah. guys. And that's kind of, you know, like if you make a move for a big time player, like Travis Kelsey, all of a sudden you're kind of in win now mode. And you're going to have to start making some of these other moves and and collecting not, you don't want all old guys, but you might take a couple of guys because all of a sudden their value is just staring you in the face. And you're like, all right, well, I already got Travis Kelsey. I might as well get another stud on my team. That's not long for this league, but maybe I'll win, you know, year one, year two. And then, you know, I'll start doing stuff through the rookie drafts to kind of supplement Mm -hmm. those players. Now, like next year, I'll start drafting, young wide receivers and young tight ends to kind of take their place eventually in a, in a few years when they're out of the league. I know for me, I always put my first round pick up for grabs every time. Don't always, uh, don't always trade it, but I just want to see like how much do people value X pick one Oh two, one Oh eight, whatever it is. And then from there, if I get good value where I feel like, yeah, I'm making out, you know, really good. I traded 106 and I got their second, third and sixth round pick, you know, and I think this will set me up for success. Then, you know, that's going to determine which way I go. If I can't do that, then, you know, I probably took a quarterback if it's a super flex league. And, you know, I kind of build from there. But you're right. It usually tends to be right around the fourth round range to where you start to see some of the really talented players that are 28, 29, 30. Uh, that you're trying to decide, okay, what point 
do I go after those guys or not? And that tends to be the range. But like I said earlier, I try to be really, really fluid. Like I try to let the draft come to me as much as I can. I try not to force anything, especially in those first few rounds, because no matter what, in the first few rounds, I I'm getting some level of youth. Like I'm, I'm not taking any old players Absolutely. in the yep. first three rounds. So, you know, it's still going to be uh Jamar Chase, it's still going to be a Patrick Mahomes. It's still going to be, you know, yep. those types of players. But so that's going to be my core no matter what I do. Now it's the ancillary pieces. Are those ancillary pieces older players help me win now? Are those draft picks? Are those young players that I think I've upside? Like that's where that kind of starts coming out from there. So in a common draft, I usually go my key strategy <laughs> is, you know, super flex. I want to get two quarterbacks early. I want to get the tight end early. Um, I want to get players usually under 27 right around there for my core of a team. I'm like I'm with you though as well. Like I let the draft come to me and kind of determine how my teams are going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, a very good recent example here is you know we just did that industry league. Same thing. Bob Long, Jeff mm-hmm. Bell, uh, Rich Rebar, Chris Allen. A lot of big names in that league as well. Yep. Uh, yeah. So. Scott Connors and like there's a ton. Of, I feel bad because now I've mentioned. Now, now you feel like yeah. you have to mention everybody. So there's a lot of players in that league. So typical strategy. No matter what, with my first two picks, I'm going young mm-hmm. and keep it preferably quarterbacks if I can get it. And after that, I want to see that the third round is pretty much where my team starts to say, where am I going to go? And a key example in that league was Christian McCaffrey was available in the third round. Mm-hmm. The moment I selected Christian McCaffrey, I said two things in my head. One. I'm a win now team. Yep. That's a good word, a little bit over running back. Two, I'm a hundred percent trading my first round pick next year. hundred mm-hmm. percent. So what's good about that strategy is one, you're you're a win now team. So your picks almost and, and, and this is like redraft. So it's way easier to like determine like, okay, I'm for sure making the playoffs this like if I don't get injured, right? Because a lot of people do want to draft young so they're sure. a little bit harder or trade back and acquire more picks like do mm-hmm. productive struggle or trade back. You can almost guarantee yourself a playoff team in a startup if you want to. If you if want you, to, absolutely. You can absolutely do that. So your first round pick instantly becomes less valuable because it's going to be a late round pick. And what's nice is if you can get, you trade your first round pick and it's usually the startup is where you get really good value for that first round pick. Like it's always mm-hmm. overvalued. Cause like, Hey, absolutely. I, you know, I trade yep. my, tr- I, t- I end up trading my 23 first in that draft. It's got Connor. Uh, um, and I end up getting TJ Moore. Mm-hmm. And I told you, I was like, I just got TJ Moore for a random first round pick. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? 14 man league. It ended up being pick 14. Cause I won the league. Right. So once I took Christian McCaffrey, my whole strategy kind of changed. Like mine was now, pick 12 and it wasn't, it wasn't to the point where like, okay, I'm just taking old players, but they became a, where I usually could just skim by those guys. Like they're my guys. Like, mm-hmm. so I went for Christian McCaffrey easily took Devonte Adams right afterwards. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I made sure I was drafting players that I felt could help my te- team win now, where some people were like on the edge of like, well, I like Mike Williams and I like this player who's 23 and Mike Williams is 27. I'm gonna take him. Boom. I'm taking Mike Williams. Right. Um, where can I stack? Where, where where can I grab that value? So I let the draft come to me. I've never done a productive struggle yet. I know you have, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily want to do that because I, I am always trying to win. No right. matter how I do it, whether it be a startup or rookie draft, I'm trying to win. Maybe, uh, can you can you kind of explain productive struggle? I, yeah. I know, I mean, you, you, you kind of threw it out there question, but maybe somebody doesn't know what it is. Yeah, basically what it is, is you're more or less punting your first season. Like, you know, Outside of something miraculous happening, you're not making the playoffs because most of your uh, startup draft capital went into draft picks 
rookies or second year players. Yeah. Like that's almost solely what you build around. And it, t- you tend to be able to, especially, you know, your first round pick. Then there's a guy, let's say it's like midway through the first round last year. At that point, it would have been somebody probably like Joe Burrow, you know, who obviously can help a a young team for sure. But people are very interested in those quarterbacks. So you can probably get yourself three. What would be the value of like three plus first round picks for Joe Burrow? Now, you're not going to get that because nobody has that type of capital yet, but you'll get their their first next year, their first the year after plus their second round and fifth round pick, you know, or something like that. And and so you're acquiring a bunch of assets knowing that this year is not going to go well. Mm -hmm. Um, Think of, you know, what the 76ers did, you know, trust the process type thing. But in a year or two, you're going to be tough to deal with because you just had six first round picks in this draft and four in the next one. And, you know, you, you build your team that way. It sometimes works beautifully. If you don't draft well, it's going to be terrible. And then you just set yourself back another three years to start over again. So it's fun and it can work out really well if you draft rookies well. If you do not draft rookies well, it's it's not going to be a fun league. You're going to be circling the drain for a while. For a while. You essentially look for every opportunity to trade back in your startup draft. Like, so your first pick's going to come right around that. Like, ideally, in a productive struggle, you want your first pick to pretty much come in the third round of a startup because then you trade your first. Maybe you grab another second. If not, you have two thirds, but then you trade your second as well. Mm -hmm. And every time you're trading back, you're grabbing people's future first round pick. Like, that's the key. Like, you always, you're not looking for like, oh, a fourth and a fifth. And like, you want people's first round picks picks. the following year. So you own those draft classes. So, the productive struggle essentially is like you're put in all your, and you don't draft anybody over the age of like 26 period, right. no matter what. And you're just putting all your, your assets in youth and upside. And then your ability to draft rookies to fall on year. My, my most dramatic one. I talked about it last year. I didn't make a pick until round 10. Wow. That was my first <laughs> selection, but I've made some good trades during the season. Um, and I, I still have, you know, a, a solid amount of picks. So right now, just to, to give kind of an example of what that looked like I had at one point, I had like eight firsts in 23 and then in five firsts in 24, but I had like no quarterback. Like sure. I had nothing, it's not even a starting lineup. No, not no. Even, my best player right. was Cole Komet. Eventually it ended up being like Brock Purdy and, you know, some of those guys as they, sure. you know, played well, but uh, I, I had basically nothing, but at, through a bunch of trades, I now have like legitimate quarterbacks. I have Trevor Lawrence and Kyler Murray now. Oh yeah. Um, my running back position is still doo doo butter, um, but at wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, Devonte Smith, Jalen Waddle, Michael Pittman. So I have yeah. a really Very solid, solid, really solid yeah. wide receiver core. And then at tight end, I have Dulcich, uh, Cole Komet, uh, Bellinger, Harrison Bryant, Noah Gray. So a bunch of like upside players there. So, and then I still have pick five, 11, 12 this year, three first the following year. So. It, it's looking like it's going to turn out really well. But quarterbacks and receivers are fantastic core. Exactly. So it looks like it's going to work out, but you have to be able and willing to trade for value in the right players at the right times. And, you know, so there's a lot of risk involved with it. But when you see some of these monster teams on Twitter, chances are that's how they got there mm-hmm. is by drafting really well, making really smart trades at opportune times. It's, and it's different for every team. Uh, next question. All right. Well, before we get to the next question, let's talk about prize picks real quick. Uh, we've we've been talking about prize picks forever, and 
I feel like they're growing as a company because I just see their ads everywhere on TV, mm-hmm. on Facebook, on like everything. They're just everywhere. And it's because they're the best place to play those legal props, the player props. You're, we're talking about, you know, you, two, five, you know, sometimes I've seen as many as like people doing seven um, legs of, of these. And, but you can make some good yeah, money doing yeah, it. Absolutely. You can make some good money doing it. Uh, and, and you don't just have to do football. Obviously we're focused on football, but to the middle of basketball season. All right. Over under Donovan Mitchell's points. Well, if you pick that tonight, well, last I checked, he was at like 33. He was crushing tonight. Nice. You know, so y- you can add an NBA uh, baseball season just about to start up. Can't man. wait I for know. baseball season. I know it'll be very, very fun spring training uh, man. soccer mma like just all kinds of sports over unders uh and and it's awesome best of all use promo code nerds and you will receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 that means free money in your account to play on prize picks nice next question next question is from andrew to true which players this offseason do you feel like are the best values in startup drafts right now? Rookies that didn't perform. Okay. Um, like, you know, Traylon Burks uh, are good players from the year before that you liked a lot, like Elijah Moore's. Uh, that, that was going to be my guy. Yep. <laughs> you know, players, we talked about Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's good. Like, so older, older players that are over 27 mm-hmm. are, are usually good value. Rookies from the previous year that didn't do a lot and players that got hurt. That's mm-hmm. usually where the best value is. You know, like Kyler Murray now in Superflex is going to have a dip to it, uh, uh, dip because of that. Tony yep. Pollard will have a slight dip because of his injury. That where was going to be there. another guy I brought up. Yep. Um, so it's just finding that, that's where it is. Is like, where did you go into this season? Where are these players ranked? And then where are they going to startups? Because they always fall because people look at those players as risk. And like we mentioned before, people don't want to take a lot of risk. I mean, would a guy like Jonathan Taylor qualify? He might be a guy that slipped slightly. From, I mean, especially from last year, he was going one he's, or two. Yeah. He's currently still number two. Oh, is his, his ADP on sleeper is, is 13. Uh, so he's not quite a value yet. Too high for me. Yeah. Um, still too high. But at the running back position, my favorite value on sleeper right now, still JK Dobbins. Yep. Um, he's, he's his ADP right now. Uh, he's the 69th player off the board right now. Yeah. I need like that. Um, <laughs> but he's going behind Dalvin Cook, Damian Pierce, Pollard, Mixon, Henry, like all guys that I would take. I would take Dalvin's ahead of all of those guys um, with the youth and the upside in that offense. So uh, I, he's he's probably my favorite value uh, out of anybody right now. I think a receiver is my favorite value right now is guys, like I mentioned, like the rookies like Traylon Burks, Elijah Moore. I think Debo Samuel is good value right now because um, mm-hmm. he didn't put the year yeah, he did before, but he's still an uh, electric absolutely. player. And yep. him and him and Kyle Shanahan, he's got a long-term deal there with mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan will focus that offense uh, with him in there. Uh, still, Mike Williams, no matter, even though he finishes wide receiver one, still find himself as really good value. Uh, definitely with the rumor that Keen Allen might get moved this offseason, which would really <laughs> elevate Mike Williams' that numbers. Huge, so yeah. I feel like he's really good value in a startup. Uh, we mentioned Deontay Johnson as a buy. Uh it's a good startup. So those are a couple of guys at wide receiver that I feel are really good value. Um, and I'm sure there's a couple more r- rookies and guys like, like upside, like, like young guys are upside, like Isaiah Hodgins, who we mentioned in our shows, the DJ sharks. Those guys are upside to value as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, Kadarius, Tony, uh, that guy, who knows what that guy can really be. I know I mentioned him. I got a little bit of flack mm-hmm. on, on Twitter. People kind of commenting on that video, but I mean, it, a full off season in Andy Reid's system, mm-hmm. if, if his hamstrings are right, 
I think that guy can be electric in that offense. So he might that be really guy. is the biggest thing holding him back is his health. It really is. So hopefully a guy like that could be some value. Uh, you know, maybe some, maybe Daniel Jones, who knows, you know, like, it, you know, just if there's a little bit of uncertainty around a guy, whether or not they're going to sign him or not. So Derek Carr has been a great value yeah, so far absolutely. that I've seen uh, just because people don't know where he's going to go yet. Newsflash, wherever he goes, he's going to be the starter. Yeah, so yeah. he should still be valued pretty highly. Sure. Daniel Jones is still really good value in Superflex leagues at quarterback. Jared Goff has been really good mm-hmm. value. And there's a couple guys you might want to risk. Like, you know, get a guy like I know. I know I've been the number one homer, but I understand now he's never what I've even really thought. But like Baker Mayfield, a guy who has the opportunity to possibly go start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Guys like that are like upside guys that, you know, the old guys that people completely like just wiped out. But in this league might probably get another opportunity. They can get in like the 17th round, right? Like yeah. a Baker Mayfield. But Jared Goff right now, you can get like the 8th, ninth what, round right what, around there. Daniel like, Jones, 6th like round. Russell Wilson. I mean, obviously getting a much better situation right now. Mm-hmm. Coming off of a really down year. Probably still presenting a little bit of a value. So. I think he can, you know, obviously he can, he can really up his game in that offense. So you're just finding value. That's what it is in startup. You're just, you're you're constantly searching for value, right? Because yeah, you're trying to build a team too, but like you can find value at your need, right? Like there's going to be running backs that hold value. Like all those older running backs now, like the Dalvin cooks, the Alvin Kamara's that offer that upside, Mm -hmm. they hold value, right? Because of the, of the position. So uh, next question here is our sleeper question of the day sleeper your number one biggest dynasty platform site out there check them out sleeper uh garrett loves sleeper i do love uh, sleeper. all his leagues are on sleeper so great site great people check them out this question is do you prefer drafting your teams before or after the nfl draft we we sort of kind of touched on this with the with the picks so this is a quick question yeah. but this is quick not going to get in depth i i love drafting mine before I do. I think. I think if you do your homework, yeah, there's a lot of value to be had, and that's that's the thing. We all do our homework, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think we should all prefer to do it before the draft. Um, you know, people listening to this podcast will be up to date. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with all the information and, and what we think of players before the draft. So everyone that's listening to this should probably prefer and, that as and well. And not even just the rookies. Like this team is likely going to draft a running back. Sure. So I don't know that I want to take their running back because he could easily be replaced. Yeah. So I don't want to take him, you know, like different things like that. Sure. This team will likely have a quarterback change. This team will likely, you know, so you can kind of get ahead of free agency. Like I like to do it before free agency too. You can get a, ahead of some of that kind of stuff. And sometimes you swing and miss, but when you hit, you can hit really big. I like it before the draft only when the rookies are in the draft. It's not Okay, picks. so you don't want to do the picks. You want to do the I actual don't, names. I don't, if we're just doing picks, I'd rather just break to the NFL draft and then take the players gotcha. inside the draft because then you're doing a whole other draft afterwards anyways. You guys set up the time. I mean, obviously, it's a slow draft, but I just prefer, and some people are excluded. It's not the whole league mm-hmm. at the point. Like, I like to just do it where, the, I like to do it before the draft, but when the rookies are in there, right? Yeah. Because that's where, you get, like you said, guys that do their homework, that's where you get a really good value. 100%. Next question. Um, sedated fork. Sedated fork. All right, I'll read this poem. 
I usually end up trying for a young team and trade down a few times in the process. Occasionally, I will go contender. I never end up going full productive struggle. When do you decide to flip the switch and go full productive struggle? We kind of covered this. Also, if I go productive struggle, we kind of already, you know, should I keep going? All right. Uh, Also, if I go productive struggle, do you look at the next year's draft class and fade positions that are stronger in that draft class, or do you just go best upside available in the start? I think that's that's the point that okay. we didn't really touch yeah. on at all. I should have kept reading. Yeah, uh, which is which is I think an important important part of it. Yeah, if, if you're going to fade, you know, certain positions in your draft, make sure you you know what's coming up down the pipeline. Absolutely, and that's why even if you don't play Devi, have friends that play Devi. <laughs> like even yeah, so, like us. We, we have Garrett and Jared. Yeah, we yeah. don't play Debbie, Rich and I. No, ask way. them all the time. Yep. Yeah, hey, how's, how, that, how's next year's class like? What, what positions are good and not good? Yeah. you know, because it, it does. It'll change, especially in a startup. That'll change a lot of things. If if you uh, and that was part of the reason the productive struggle team that I literally just talked about. I said my my running backs are doo doo butter. My two best running backs. Now, granted, I love both of these guys, so that sounds kind of mean, but are DJ Dallas and Zamir white. Like those are my two best running backs. They're not getting you week in week out no, points no, in production that you're looking for in a starting, but I was struggle. okay with that yeah. because I knew the 2023 draft was running back heavy. Yeah. So if there was going to be a time to fade the running back position, chances are you're going to do that in productive struggle anyway. But if there was a time to do it, it would be this class because I knew that there would be a lot of opportunity to fill that position in the draft. If you have a lot of picks, you're like, okay, I'm for sure getting B. Johnson. I have the 1 1 sure. dynasty running back, and maybe I can get like a yeah, Charbonnet, a Bigsby. Mm-hmm. Somehow maybe I work out and luck out in the Gibbs, you know, like some of those yep. lines. So, yep. um, yeah, I mean, it's good to look ahead. I mean, it's, you're always looking ahead in dynasty as well. Like, you're looking where your team is now, you're looking ahead where your team wants to go. It, it's, it's a forever process of self evaluation in yep. dynasty. It, it's a constant thing you should be doing. Uh, almost, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but almost weekly, right? Like overviewing your roster, what are your needs? What are your strengths? What can you sell? What can't you sell? And you should be constantly throwing trades out there. It's okay to get rejected in trade. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And you have to look at everything too. It's it's who's going to be a free agent next year on my team. Is he going to get a better situation or do I think it's going to be the same situation or a worse situation? Or is somebody on on another running back on his team going to leave and now he's going to be in a, in a better position. So you have to look at all that kind of stuff. You have to look at the drafts coming up and, and what kind of, you know, strengths and weaknesses, all those, all those draft classes have it all married together. And you do just have to keep evaluating and keep that thing churning. Cause if you can't get them, you know, via natural stuff, like uh, the process I was just talking about, either through the draft or just like, free agency, you know, coming along and your, your position getting better, then you have to go make trades for other players on other teams. That's the only way you're going to make your team better or make your team whole. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's not at that time. So yeah, you, you always have to have an eye on the future. That's dynasty fans. Well, you have to, it's a one game you play in fantasy. You have to put into work and you got to put to work a lot of it. And the people that put into work, the most work are mostly rewarded, right? Like yep. you listen to this podcast right now, you're putting into work. Right. Like yep. you're, you're going to take the information. We, you know, we do, if you do, let's just listen to our podcast. Probably not. You listen to other podcasts. Like you're not taking this and you shouldn't take this as gospel, right? Like you're going to take the information that you feel fits your team and your mm-hmm. model best and you're going to apply it. And then you're going to go listen to else and get that information. And you're constantly gathering information. And what we try to do here is, you know, outside the podcast, that's what we want to do. We want to build the tools to give you the, the 
put you in the best position. That's what the Dynasty GM and the Nerd is, right? That's why we have the Dynasty Nerds film room. So you can listen to us, break these guys down, and then you go put eyes on it. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to get the Dynasty GM to give you a bird's eye view of your league to help you make better decisions. So you just want to have the most information. And that's what we try to provide outside the podcast. We're trying to, you know, with every membership we give is put it back in and build the right tools for you. For people that have been playing Dynasty for 20 years, you know, we know what we want to have at our fingertips to help us make better educated decisions and faster decisions, right? Yep. Because sometimes it's just how many times it, I say this on the show all the time, where somebody, a trade goes down, you're like, I would have gave you more than that. Well, you didn't try. You didn't make an offer, right? Like, cause you weren't self-evaluating. You weren't putting those trades out there because sometimes you put a trade out there. That person wants nothing to do with it. No counter with the trade. You were like, Oh, okay. You'll get trade offers. Like you yep. didn't even know it was coming. Like, Hey, you went Daniel Jones for a first. Didn't see that coming. Yep. You know what I mean? Because, Everybody has a different value for different players. Always. It's never the same. That's why you'll get on people on Twitter like, oh, that's a terrible trade. And then it turned out to be a great trade. Or that's a great trade. It turned out to be a terrible trade. Everybody's value is different. And the good thing is we all find out, right? We all get the answer at some point. So that's the key. Constantly evolving. Uh, let's get one. Let's try and find more. two one more out of here. Let's see. Two one more. Two one more. Um, let's do one more. I, I think Max Explosion's question is kind of interesting because I've heard more people that are transitioning to this. Okay. And then we'll end on M. Wiggins 25. Okay. All right. So he's asking in a super flex tight end premium startup. Okay. okay so both these things. If there is not a designated tight end spot, which I've heard more leagues doing, you get tight end premium. So if you put them in your flex spot, right. you get the premium bonus, but you don't actually have to start a tight end. Cowards. Okay. Cowards. So if that's the case, three so, flex spots, one super flex. Is it worth grabbing any tight end early? Their built-in positional advantage would seem to be nerfed. Or am I overthinking this and need to stick to chewing ice cubes? <laughs> I, I drafted Drake Dulcich as a rookie in a tight end premium league in Ohio Dino. I ended up starting him when he was healthy most times because he was averaging about 15 points per game. And, and you're in your flex spot. In my flex spot. Yeah. So they, they're tight end premium. They still hold value. So you still want to grab them because you don't know right. who's going to pan out. And you just, you just probably wouldn't focus on Pitts and Andrews and guys like that as high as you would no, have otherwise. I hate that though, by the way. I don't love it. I don't play in any of those leagues. Because you're 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 literally taking a position that's shallow and harder to like it's a it's part of like dying, like it's hard finding that position and working that part out. That's part of the process. So I just grab one early and don't have to show them to figure it out. I'm like, I just got Kyle Pitts. I figured it out. Look, that's all I did. I figured it out. I got yeah. Kyle Pitts, I got Mark Andrews. So yeah, I mean, it does. It, it depreciates the value. I mean, it has to be born from frustration from somebody that just lost out on tight ends year after year, year after year. year. Yeah. No, we're not putting them in. It's not going to be an official spot. It's just yeah. a flex position. Screw that. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't love it either. It's, it's the air raid system. It really. It really is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're but they stuck. Like, but you get the right one, and, and like Rich said, I mean, even Greg Dulcich, um, who had a nice season, don't get me wrong, I don't mean to say it like that, but he was startable in a flex spot. So in a tight end premium, there are guys that you're going to be able to start. I wouldn't completely ignore them or anything and like that. And it depends on the premium, too. Are you getting an extra quarter point? Are you right. getting an extra point, half point? point are you getting a, a full half, point? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, what are you getting out of them that you wouldn't get from a normal receiver? Because the ones that are like, the tight ends at that point are catching a decent amount of balls that are tight end like five through nine are putting up wide receiver two numbers. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're literally getting wherever else is like pass on them because they're not valuable. You're going to find value there. And you're, you're literally getting guys that are averaging about 12 points, 13 points per game, which are, which are good 
mid-range wide receiver two numbers that you can find there. So, right. so you're just you're not focused on them in the first five rounds, but after that, draft a bunch of them because they'll still be very valuable flex position plays. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last question comes from M Wiggins twenty five. I'm picking one one in a super flex dynasty, six points per touchdown. Who are you taking first? I put this in here because at first I was like, oh, that's kind of a lame question. Like, but then I thought about it. I was like, there's like four or five guys right now that are worthy. Mm, not me. It's, it's it's Mahomes for me. It's pretty crystal clear to me. It's Pat Mahomes. Mahomes. It's the best quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Now, that being said, Allen has actually been the top guy yeah. for a while. So I I think he would be just Fine of a pick Mahomes here. Mahomes and Allen, I, I would be okay with either one of those guys, I think. After, yeah, I'm taking Mahomes. After that, I think it gets them a little bit murky. I'm taking the guy who not only is mobile, but just more accurate. Agile, hostile. And who is that? seems like he has a long longevity and looks like the best quarterback I've ever seen in my entire life play the game. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I think I heard on the radio people talking about what would it take for him to become the goat ahead of Tom Brady. And it's crazy that we're already asking that question, Super Bowls, probably. but it's, it's realistic that he could get to that point. At some point, like my kids will call Pat Mahomes the best quarterback of all time. You know what I mean? Just like LeBron and Jordan kind of thing. Just like nobody now would say, Oh, autograms, the best quarterback of all time. He went to 10 straight. He went to 10. He was in the league for 10 years, won 10 championships, won six, right? Like he's, He's the reason the Browns are so popular and so big is because they had Alec Graham, the Jim Brown, they're all on TV. So that's like, that's why they're Browns backers everywhere. So I know it's just going to live in Cleveland, but if you look it up, the Browns have one of the largest outside of Ohio fan bases in the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, they're literally a Browns backers bar. They started all that. The Browns started that the, the bars that cater to one mm-hmm. team, the Browns started that all over the world, every state, every country, the, Dubai, Russia, wherever you want to go, they have a Browns backer bar. Um, so just, it's a generation thing. And they went from, it went from uh, Otto Graham to uh, Roger Staubach, you know, to it kept going to Terry Bradshaw, to Joe Montana was like, when I was growing up, Terry Bradshaw or Joe Montana was the, the GOAT, the right? Best. Like Absolutely. the best unbeatable. And then it went to pretty much after that, they, some people would want to argue like Elway, they got in that point, but Elway didn't win anything until Terrell Davis came along. Um, and then it was Tom Brady. For, and Pey- well, it was, Pey- it was Payne Manning. For a hot second. For a hot second. And then Tom Brady. And now it's going to be Pat Mahomes, and who's going to challenge him? It's going to be—I feel like it's going to be Joe Burrow personally. Joe Burrow's up there. Josh Allen. Josh Allen's got to get a Super Bowl if he's going to start overtaking Burrow. As I say, um, is, is there anyone in the NFC? <laughs> I mean, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Hurts. Jalen Hurts has a chance. He looking. He, he, he plays great steps. in that Super Bowl. I think that is one of the things that's being overlooked a little bit. Dude had four touchdowns, like yeah, over three hundred yards. Mm-hmm. Like ran the ball well, threw the ball well. Massive really, miss of mine. he had he had. One mistake, big mistake that that he just dropped oh, it. Yeah. He just flat out dropped the ball and kicked it, and then yep, and it was returned for a touchdown. <laughs> it, and outside it. of that, he was almost perfect. Yeah, two quarter two quarterbacks that wildly exceeded my expectations. Yeah. Josh Allen and uh, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, yeah. wildly Jalen Hurts again. Just he turned a corner and things that I thought he wouldn't do well, he does exceptionally well. We're, we're seeing we're seeing better development out of these quarterbacks than I think we've, we've ever seen because it was always the narrative. If you're not accurate, that's not something you can coach. Right. And both those guys, and have. both of those guys have done it. And we'll, we'll, I think that we're starting to see, could Justin Fields be the next one? Yeah, even though he was accurate in college, I know he hasn't done it as much in the NFL. But can he be the next tier? He like, could, he could be another guy in that same. Yeah. My buddy Ryan McDowell today put a tweet out saying, you know, Hertz has now entered that category of closer to Mahomes and Allen mm-hmm. than the other tier. 
So was, the one question I have is that last throw. What the heck was Dude. that thing? <laughs> I said the same thing. I was like, that it, I could throw his shoulder didn't look good. No, there. is he okay? Like, what the heck happened? Like, that was he's got nine months to figure it out. All right, that okay. was about 35, 40 yards. That was the most, it was the that was bad. That was like an SNL skit. Like, <laughs> he's winding up for the Hail Mary. And it went 35 yards. It was, it was pretty bad. Yeah, so hopefully he's okay. Yeah. So, was, no, he's he's up there. I mean, I'm a, I really like like Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence and Superflex. Like, those mm-hmm. are, like, two guys I love value-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hurts definitely right. For, like, if you're doing a startup, like, he he's in that category. Like, who would you take, Joe Burrow or Jalen Hurts? What? Don't answer that. Actually, almost exactly a question in the next show. Ooh, so we're going to pick, pick some winners for the 4.0 league. I've only got three spots left in that league, and Garrett's got 10 got a whole bunch. in his sleeper league. We'll be picking spots in there. The Nerd Herd episode, if you're new here, it's our it's a paid subscription-based show because we always do two shows per week. We spend a lot of time talking Dynasty, uh, but it's a nerd. You, you heard me talk about the GM earlier and that bird's eye view and the film room and all that stuff. That gives you a chance to uh, get in there and check it all out. We have a lot of tools uh, and stuff, and plus the bonus podcast. And it's really going to come in handy when we start breaking down these rookies because it takes so long to cover, and we do half on a free show, half on the, uh, on the Nerd Herd episode. So check it out. Subscribe. Um, we got a good promo coming up here at the beginning of March uh, for everybody that's interested. It's on the fence. I guarantee I'm going to get you over that fence with this promo. We're going to start uh, the first week of March. So stay tuned. If you're on the fence of joining the Nerd Herd, we got something coming your way to guarantee to get you in that door. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And if you if your dad doesn't get you through the door, I don't know what will. Guarantee um, it. Oh, wow. It's going to be the best opportunity. We literally come March, have the best opportunity for you ever to join the Nerd Herd and get all of our tools. Not that you can't join now. You can join, can't now, join now. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you, two more weeks, it's going to be a really good value. Um, so check us out. That's it. That's it. I was waiting for you. I, I know it's a surprise. Adios. But. <laughs> Adios.